And now Dave's going to share for you. I'm David, I'm an alcoholic. I'm it's really nice to be at my home group tonight. And uh, if you're new around or you're, you're visiting us from other meetings or you've been around a while and um, you haven't heard this message tonight, you're in, you're in good company. And uh, my experience is that... Um, you know, I've been coming to AA now for 10 years and uh, I've been able to live a good life and um, been able to stop drinking and, uh, you know, I'm actually living my dreams today and it wasn't always that way. When I first started drinking, um, I used to sort of, I remember from an early age thinking that, um, that people really didn't like me, do you know what I mean? I used to go to school and I felt like I had to impress people and if I was really myself... A lot of the time, people would have just said, no, I don't want to know you. And uh, from, from an early age, I felt quite insecure. And um, I remember sort of um, believing in Father Christmas years after um, that it, I knew it was about. I saw my mum and dad put, put it, putting the uh, mince pies back in the milk back. Because I had three older sisters. I used to play on it. I used to think, well, they can keep giving me presents. And uh, so for years, I used to actually think, you know, believe to, to them that Father Christmas, and it was about to about the age of nine, I think. And um, my first experience with alcohol was, um, I remember my mum and dad, they're Irish, and they used to have a lot of parties on the weekends, especially Saturday nights. And uh, I used to look forward to them coming home, bringing crates of beer back, and uh, there'd be music playing. And uh, me and my cousin would be there thinking, well, they're going to get drunk, we're going to get money off them, because when they get drunk, they always give us money, because they've got loads of change from the pub. And, um, you know, we can have a laugh, we can stop later. And um, I remember being at the bottom of the stairs with this, this bottle of beer, not being able to open it, thinking, oh, my God, how am I supposed to get this open? And uh, we went outside, I cracked it open, and I tried drinking some of it, and I thought, this is disgusting, mate. How do they drink this stuff? And I thought, I'm never going to drink this. It's horrible. And uh, I remember saying to my mum, I said, Mum, I'm never going to drink, I'm never going to smoke. She said, you'd be all right if you don't do them things. And, uh, and I, had, I had a lot of sort of healthy fear. I remember sort of seeing programmes like Panorama and you're seeing people getting themselves into all sorts of states. And I used to think, how do people do that? You know what I mean? It seemed like a different world, you know what I mean? Like people getting on, you know, becoming alcoholics and, you know, glue sniffing and things like that. And I used to just think... You know, I, I can't understand it, do you know what I mean? So I had quite a healthy fear around it all. And um, at the time, I remember being very honest to my, my mum. You know what I mean? I used to come home from school. If there's something happening, I would tell her. And she'd say, don't worry about it. And I wouldn't worry about it. It'd gone. It'd be gone. And, um, but once I started sort of, um, you know, started doing the wrong thing, you know, I remember at primary school, I would, like, go over to the uh, sweet shop across the road and when the, the guy was at the back, I'd start filling my pockets with loads of bags of crisps and drinks and things that I didn't even really want, and sometimes nicking cigarettes as well. And this would be after school, and I'd be thinking, oh, my God, what I'm doing? But I'd get some sort of buzz out of it. I was getting away with it. And um, I remember I'd go home, I'd be eating all these crisps, I'd be trying to smoke this cigarette, I'd be dribbling all over it. <laughs> and uh, I'd be seeing my mum's house just across the road thinking, oh, my God, she knows I'm going to be smoking, she must be watching me from here, and I've got crisps all over me. And uh, I'll go in there, and mum will say, good day at school? Yeah, fine, yeah, yeah. All right, and I'll just have this guilty conscience on me straight away. Do you know what I mean? And uh, I started becoming dishonest, and, um, you know, I, I was a crap thief, so I was no sort of gangster. In my head, I wanted to be. I was just a complete, pathetic case, really. But even so, at an early age, if the teacher went out of the room, I'd be going in a handbag, trying to nick money out of a handbag. Well, I would be nicking ham- money out of a handbag. And... Um, you know, if I got caught at that time, I would have got slaughtered. You know, my mum and dad would have been disgraced. You know, it's, it was a strict Catholic school. But I just like the idea of 
doing something and not getting found out. And um, back to alcohol, you know, I sort of... So at the time, even though I was trying to do the right thing, I started becoming very dishonest. You know, I'd think, you know, I'd have all these mixed messages. You know, I'd try and do the right thing. I'd be at church on a Sunday, but I'd be nicking something on a Monday. And um, when I actually got to um, secondary school, that's when I had my first proper drink. And um, I remember sort of my mate had a... His family had a party the Saturday night and the Sunday there was all these drinks left in his kitchen. I remember going into the kitchen seeing all these little bo- bottles of, well, big bottles, but little bits of vodka and Bacardi and all sorts in it, and being in his kitchen and putting them all together on this pint glass and just thinking, that should be enough, and um, holding my nose and drinking it back. And uh, being a bit worried, because I've never really sort of experienced alcohol in that sort of frame of mind, and um, I remember going indoors, and I'm saying, you're looking not too well. You're going you're gonna to be all right? I said, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. I'm just going to walk the dog. And I went out of the house, walked the dog. And um, I remember my head spinning round. I'm thinking, oh, my God, what's going to happen? I fell over on the grass. The dog peed on me. <laughs> I went home. My hair was sticking up, not with gel, but it was from dog's pee. <laughs> and um, my mum just said, what's up with you, mate? You know, you look really unwell. And I said, I feel really unwell, mum. And I went upstairs, and I just puked my guts up for two days, you know what I mean, I was like the exorcist, and um, remember my mum had to keep a vigilance on me, because I was ill, do you know what I mean, she thought I was going to kick the bucket at one stage, and she said, and after two days, she kept me off school, I said, um, she said, you're never going to do that again, are you, I said, no, 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 I'm relieved of that, and I remember going to school, and telling my friends that, um, you guess what happened to me, it weren't really that I hurt my arm, I was, you know, I got drunk, and I was really impressed with what happened, you know what I mean, and I, I tried to encourage them into doing what I'd done, you know what I mean, I said, we should do it, you know what I mean, it's quite a good feeling, not telling them how sick I was, and um, so if there was a party in our school, I remember we used to, it was 14, 15, there'd be a party, and for weeks we'd be talking about this party and we'd be so hyped up, you know, it's going to be a great party, innit? And we said, yeah, 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 and we'll all go in and I'll tell my mum we're staying at my mate's house, he'd tell him that he's staying at my house and we're really lying to each other's parents, you know what I mean? Because they won't let us out till four in the morning, that's how long we want to stay out. And um, I remember just going to the party and um, it was in a place called the North Peckham Estate and it's a right rough, rough estate. I mean, the postman never used to go there. It was people walking around banaclavas on it, it's just a really really dodgy estate and um, I remember it was like it was winter and I remember drinking this whiskey I thought whiskey gets you cane quickly do you know what I mean and that's what I'd done I drank this bottle of whiskey and like 20 minutes half hour later I remember puking over this woman's washing she's shouting at me I'm screaming back at her to stop shouting at me she's got all her washing out and I'm getting sick all over it and I said to my mates I'm going for a run I'm feeling hot and I remember running through this estate taking my clothes off thinking it's really I'm burning they're trying to put my clothes back on me, do you know what I mean, saying, look, what are you doing? And I'm telling them to F off, leave me alone, I need to go for a run. <laughs> and, um, and that was it, that was sort of my drinking at the time. And then my mates at school would be laughing and saying, do you want to come to another party? You know what I mean, you're really, you're really up for it, aren't you? And, um, and then, I, then I went on to a football trip, another experience. I went to a Belgium, we had this football tour, and um, never been out of the country before in my life. And we went over there, and we're staying in a hotel... And over there, they, they seem to let you drink from about the age of 13 for some reason. I remember going into the nightclubs over there, and we could only go in about 8 because we had to be in by 10. And so we'd be in there, and then we'd be drinking all this beer. Well, I'd be drinking most of it. And um, I remember drinking and getting really, really drunk and having to go back to my hotel where my teachers were and walking up the stairs. And um, 
I said, I've got to go to bed. He said, you know, what's, you've been drinking? I said, no, no, no. And um, my mate's holding my mouth like that because I'm going to just get sick again. And I remember being in, in the beds, puking up everywhere in, the, in this hotel, and, and I got kept in for two nights. And um, in the end, the, the, the actual teachers were um, buying me drinks in the, in the hotel to try and keep me in. They said, um, you know, you're, you know, Kirk, you're an alcoholic. That's what they said to me. He said, you know, as a laugh. And I thought, blinding. That's nice. Um, <laughs> you know, and I, and I really thought it was quite a good laugh at the time. And, um, you know, and I was, you know, at them times, it, was, it seemed like I'd drunk. And I would never sort of, I just drunk to get drunk, basically. And even a year later, I remember sort of, my mates used to go out, used to buy really nice clothes. We was all into sort of uh, designer clothes. And we'd go to a place called the Old Kent Road, which is um, a place... It's near Bermondsey, this place where all these really smart pubs were. And if you were sort of into going out drinking, these are the places that you, sh- you, know, you wanted to be seen in or go or whatever. But there's one place that used to um, serve people that were underage, and we used to go in there. And on a Saturday night, we'd just go in there, and we'd get absolutely plastered. And uh, most of the time, I would be outside trying to get into there, because my mates we used to have all these different birth certificates, because we were so young... I say, which one am I using this week then? Because the last one I didn't even get in. I said, I don't look like 21. You're having a laugh. He said, well, we've only got 21s today, and I'll take that one. I'll be trying to revise it all the way down there, but I'm, you know, I had a brain like a sieve. I couldn't forget any. I remember. I couldn't remember anything. So I'd be trying to, you know, and they'd be testing it on me when I get down there, and I'd, I'd go to the door, and there'd be this big bouncer. I was only I ain't that big now, but I was pretty small then. And it seemed like my mates had all beards, and you know, they, you know, 15 really mature blokes they seem to be for 15 and I had nothing and um, I'll be, be holding this birth certificate saying they ain't going to let me in I say alright oh, mate yeah and they say you're having a laugh you're not you know stand out I said look I know my name I can say my name and date of birth and I've got it alright and um, and I'd say it and, then, and then I'd get all mixed up and they'd say what year is that and I'd be like yeah and then and that'd be it I'd be outside and um, I'd be Music would be in there, there'd be women in there, my mates would be in there getting absolutely plastered, bring me out half a lagers, and I'd be gutted, mate, standing outside this place again. And, um, you know, at, at that time, that's, my drinking was, you know, really laughable. And um, at school, I remember sort of uh, the teachers trying to help me and saying to me, you know, every time I got a report home from, you know, to my mum, I say, mum, I don't really mean that. Do you mean I'd be trying to sweeten her up and say, no, they don't really mean what they're saying. They mean, what they really mean is that I'm doing all right, but this, you know, I don't always listen. And she'd be saying, that don't really seem right, this one. And uh, I'd be always trying to prepare her for what was happening. And, uh, you know, I wasn't the worst thing. I mean, I'd make a lot of friends wherever I went, but I just, I felt that people that were doing the right things were misbe- you know, they were not enjoying themselves. And I thought, you've got to have a laugh, you know what I mean, that kids were, that were getting stuck into education, that they weren't, you know, really benefiting from what we was doing and uh, I made a conscious decision at the time I had a group of friends that seemed to be getting on with life, they knew their direction and purpose and I had this group of friends around my way that were into drinking and getting up to all sorts of bad behaviour and I, I just really found these, these, these guys you know, I wanted what they had you know what I, mean? I really wanted to be with them and I thought these guys were going to be my friends forever and there was loads of us together and it was, you know, it was quite a dangerous area I lived in and uh, we'd go out drinking together and we sort of protected each other and uh, these guys I thought you know we're going to always be my friends as I say and uh, you know a lot of them are dead today it's just sad to say a lot of them are in prison some of them in mental institutions that have gone completely nuts and um, I just you know I thought at that time that nothing was going to separate us that we was always going to be friends and um, 
you know, at the time, my mum used to get quite concerned about me. She's saying, look, you're looking thin, you know, what are you doing? You're not eating properly. And, you know, I've never stayed in from school. I'd always be out, like, every, you know, as soon as I got in from school, I'd be out the door. As soon as I had my dinner, clothes on, uniform out, out. Every night of the week. I don't think there's one night I stayed in in about four years, you know. I'd be out on the streets getting up to no good a lot of the time. And my mum would be saying, oh, you know, you're up to no good and all that. I'd say, I'm not, mum, we're just doing this, this and that. But a lot of the time we'd be getting into petty crime. Well, they would be. I'd be watching them a lot of the time because I was a coward. And, um, you know, one more incident. I was, I was just thinking back. Um, I mean, I've never been that good at anything, really, even at, at being a criminal. Because um, my mate used to have this scam going where he'd get a refund through this... He'd steal things from this place and get a refund back from it because you could without a receipt. And he'd go to all these different stores in London. Me, I say, I, I, I can do it now. And I went into this store, tried to get a refund for these goods, and the goods weren't even out in the store yet. <laughs> so ten minutes later, I've got arrested. Do you know what I mean? So that was my, my sort of thing, trying to you know, be a criminal at the time. And I said to my mum, some girl gave them to me on the street. She told me I, I must have them and bring them back to the store. And she went, what? <laughs> but I used to make these things up in two minutes and think, what can I say? Do you know what I mean? And she's like, what? And she'd, you know, I'd be so convinced she would be after a while. I'd convince her and she'd think, what's going on? But, um, you know, looking back, that was, my life was, you know, just, I was going nowhere. From the age of 14, my life was going downhill. And, you know, as I say, I wasn't the worst person in the world. Do you know what I mean? I wanted, you know, I had dreams. I had you know, amb ambitions, you know what I mean? I want to be famous when I was a kid. I actually thought I was going to be famous. And, um, you know, I really sort of had this, you know, I thought I was quite a special sort of person. And, um, you know, as I started drinking, it seemed like um, all my dreams and ambitions went away, you know, and I started not doing anything. I mean, I started getting into jobs from about the age of 17 where, you know, after a month I'd start, people would say, you know, I'd start off well, you know, I'd start doing the right thing, but a month later I wouldn't turn up, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd throw a sickie, and, um, and then I'd, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd carry on for a while, and in the end I'd, I'd leave the job before I got the sack, basically, and I'd blame, the, blame them, and I'd tell my mum and dad that they'd been picking on me and make up this complete story, not realising, it says in the big book that, you know, that I always started the ball rolling, do you know what I mean? I was, I was always blaming other people, and there were really a lot of good people in my life, they tolerated me, really, when they shouldn't, because, you know, I was quite hard, you know, I was quite hard work a lot of the time, and, um, you know, I was forever thinking, you know, that everyone's on my case, you know what I mean, that why are people picking on me, I felt very victimised, and um, with relationships, you know, I was always feeling sorry for myself, I used to think that if people felt sorry for me, then, you know, I'd get more out of them, do you know what I mean, I, in that, you know, that people would stay with me, and and things like that, and I was always, I was quite a mixed up person, and, you know, with alcohol, alcohol really today was just a symptom of a, a deeper problem, you know, that I didn't see at the time, and, uh, you know, life just became really, really pointless, and um, I got to hurry on, right, I didn't realise it was going so quick, but, um, you know, eventually I got to a point where, um, you know, the, the alcohol stopped working, I was suffering from paranoia and panic attacks like the others have shared tonight, and uh, life became very, very pointless and painful, and I, I knew loneliness as few do, as it talked about, and I, I wanted off, you know, I wanted a jumping off point, and uh, I remember 10 years ago being around a group of people in, uh, in a squat, one guy was, wanted to stab me for some reason, I just couldn't work it out, but every time he saw me, he just wanted to stab me, <laughs> and I just thought, I asked him why one day, and he just chased me down the street, I, thought, I tried to reason with him, I thought, if I talk to him, he might not want to stab me every time I see him. And I just thought, I've got to get out of this place, mate. This is going really mad. And um, I remember being in the hospital and, um, you know, from drinking, like, my heart near enough stopped. And um, 
I just remember thinking I, I felt really gutted, you know what I mean? I felt really, really lonely and I just thought, I really don't want this no more. I really, I'm really sick and tired of this way of life. And, uh, you know, I really didn't know there was any way out there. The only people that used to knock on my door was the Salvation Army. And it's usually my brother stitching me up saying my mates are down there. And I, they would start talking their waffle and I'd bring them in because I had no one else to talk to. I thought they were quite interested in me, but I think they were trying to recruit me at the time. But I said, no, that's right, see you later. And... Um, you know, so I got to this point where I was, I was really, really desperate and I, I ended up going into this detox centre in Brixton where I, you know, where I, where I grew up and um, it was a Monday night and I remember the lady saying to me, AA is coming in tonight, I think you really should go in there. And I could see the enthusiasm in her face, but I couldn't feel it myself and, I, and she was reading parts of the big book and I, I think, yeah, yeah. And I, I remember going in and she said, it's Monday night, you should go in there, they're coming in. And I remember going into this meeting and, um, you know, going in there and they, they, people sharing experience, strength and hope. And I remember just feeling, for the first time in my life, people understood me, you know, because for years I remember feeling so un- misunderstood. I wouldn't even know where to start if I had to start talking about what was going on because I couldn't make sense of it. You know, everything seemed distorted and, you know, I couldn't, you know, make sense as I say. And, and a year later I, I ended up in AA. That's, that's been, you know, what happened for me. And uh, I ended up coming down to Plymouth and uh, I was told... I went to go into a treatment centre and they said, you know, come to Plymouth and they said it's in Devon and I said, well, that sounds good. I used to go there when I was a kid and I came down here and um, it I'll see, it, as you come in the motorway, it says Plymouth, the, 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 uh, the city of discovery and really it's been the city of recovery for me, you know what I mean? I, I, I came down here and um, after a short period of time being in this treatment centre, I came out into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous and um, I remember being in the meetings for a while and uh, just feeling that, I, I liked what was going on, you know what I mean? I felt comfortable around these guys and these women, you know, I felt like, you know, I didn't have to be my, you know, I didn't have to be anything else, I didn't have to try and be something for someone, you know, I could be myself and felt, you know, comfortable, as I say, and, uh, but for a short period of time, I remember going to meetings and people were saying one thing, other people were saying another, and I remember just sitting there and I felt sort of robbed, really, do you know what I mean? Because I had a lot of sort of expectation that maybe I was going to get better, and I remember thinking to myself, if this don't work, you know, I'm going to really, really die, and, uh, you know, I really want to live, you know, I want to live and be happy. And that's what, if you're new around tonight, you can live and be happy. That's what been my experiences. And uh, I remember um, seeing my sponsor at a meeting, and it was on a Monday night, and uh, I heard so much about this guy, and it was nothing good, you know what I mean? I was told, but when I saw him showing from, from the top, you know, from the top table, I thought, this is a completely different guy, mate. He was warm, he had a sparkle in his eye. And I, just, I was just attracted to him, do you know what I mean? And he came up after the meeting, he shook my hand and he come, spoke to me. And I thought, this is the sanest guy I've met in AA. And, uh, you know, I, I went to start going to his, his home group. And uh, it was on a Friday night, it was a cold meeting, but there was a lot of warm hands and, and good people there. And I remember sitting there freezing, thinking, I've struck gold. You know, there's something really, really special here. And I was given simple things to do on a daily basis. I was told, if you do them... Um, you'll get better. If you don't, there's a good chance you're going to go mad and die. And, uh, you know, I had a little bit of common sense left and I realised if I had anything to do with it, I was going to create all my own misery over again. And uh, I wasn't the smartest person in the world, but I knew, you know, I knew that. And um, I remember giving me these simple things to do and after a short period of time of praying a sober day, calling him every day, and he said to me, um, he said, you know, everyone that's doing anything in this world has got someone. You know, they've got advisors like the Prime Minister. He doesn't do things on his own. The Pope's got advisors. Everyone checks things out who are doing well in, in life, and that made sense to me. And I remember just calling him, and he, he just gave me loads and loads of encouragement. He used to tell me, meet up with the guys here. 
and uh, phone so and so, give them loads of encouragement. And after a short period of time, I remember being with Alexis and Julian, a couple of other guys, having a milkshake on Northfield and thinking, this is amazing, you know, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. And um, I went through the program and a um, whole, whole new life opened up. You know, I was just like the rest, you know, I was very nervous, I was very socially, I couldn't speak to people and, you know, it always felt, felt different. And after a short period of time of doing these things, a whole new world opened up for me. And uh, it's been my experience that life has continued to get better in AA. You know, I've had the ups and downs, but my sponsor's been there, he stood shoulder to shoulder with me, and he's always been on my side. He's always encouraged me to do the right and honest thing, and it's been an amazing journey. You know, I can't fault it. You know, I haven't had a bad day in recovery, and, um, you know, to life today, I'm becoming the person that I've always wanted to be. And, um, you know, I know that the, the best years of my life lay ahead. You know, the last year, it's been the best year of my recovery, and that's, you know, that just shows how, how this program works, you know, as depth and weight. And, um, you know, I love seeing other people coming into meetings, you know, and getting better, because I was so selfish and self-centered to the extreme. I was very sort of, um, you know, I was worried about myself all the time, you know what I mean? And I was always, if people were doing well, I hated it, you know what I mean? I'd resent them for it. I wouldn't sort of be happy for anyone, basically. And uh, through, as well, I remember being on the sick, and my sponsor said to me, um, about time you should get a job now, aren't you? And I was comfortable getting, you know, drinking tea and meeting up with the guys, and uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do, you know what I mean? I never had an idea what I wanted to do, and he just said, go to the job centre, and uh, just look for anything, do you know what I mean? And I remember my mum used to say to me, she used to say, why don't you go and stack shelves in Sainsbury's to take people on? I thought, you're having a laugh, and you <laughs> what if my mates see me? And, um, you know, I see today that you can start anywhere, in, you know what I mean? As long as you're starting, that's the most important thing. I remember going to this job, and um, I remember starting in the warehouse, this warehouse, and I turned up every day, and people used to call me Keen Dave, because I was, I was there every day with a smile on my face, and I was, they said, you don't earn enough money to be smiling. And um, I was just smiling all the time, you know what I mean? And that's been my experience. So every day I have, a, you know, I have a laugh, you know, and uh, I try and be, you know, trying to be a better person. That's what I try and do today, you know what I mean? I'm always trying to improve, you know, what I can do about myself to be a better person. And it, t it says that in a big book, you know, when we retire at night, you know, we constructively review our day and see, you know, have we been selfish or dishonest and, you know, not to, to get into remorse, you know what I mean, just to try and improve on what we can do today. And, uh, you know, as I say, you know, sponsorship for me has been the most important thing. You know, my sponsors always, as I say, has helped me and, um, you know, I've got a beautiful little daughter today as well, mate. She's three and a half, and uh, without that, without AA, you know, I have none of these things in my life, you know. But the most important thing for me is, you know, for me, AA is an inside job, you know, and, uh, you know, it's how I feel about life today. And, that, you know, I'll give it all up, really, do you know what I mean, still to have my recovery. I don't say that in to be in a bad way. And, uh, you know, I've got a great relationship with my parents. I remember last summer being at a party, all my family were drunk, as usual. And um, it was like a, a communion or something like that. It was a, a Catholic sort of thing. And everyone was getting paralytic drunk, and I could see it's going to happen sooner or later. Everyone's going to start kicking off, and it was really hot as well. And um, it did, it kicked off. And um, I remember having to get my sister in the cab, and my other sisters gave me a tenner saying, take her home because she was crying her eyes out. I'm thinking, why do they always give me the tenor to take home? <laughs> and um, I remember being at home, and everyone just come home, and it's, you know, start sobering up, and uh, my mum says, 
you know, because she, she worried about me for years, you know what I mean? She thought that I was going to end up dead or something. She said, I worry about this lot, but I don't worry about you no more, you know what I mean? And that is an amazing thing, you know, that she doesn't worry about me no more. And uh, it's lovely to be here, and, you know, this is the best home meeting in the world for me, the Rose of Recovery, and, uh, you know, thanks for, thanks for everything, and um, thank you. Thanks, Dave.